2: Satan wanted Jesus to fail in these temptations by relying on his own strength, his own power and wisdom. That is not being filled with the Spirit. I'm smart enough, I'm wise enough, I can do this myself, i got plenty of experience, let me just do it. And we forget the first thing in our bracelet says pray first. No, you can't do that. Jesus defeated Satan by being filled with the Holy Spirit, not by being filled with himself. God designed our lives to be lived in the power of the Spirit Otherwise, we will
0: not overcome the temptations. Jesus' story in the Gospels is not only given to us to try to know about him and eventually to know him in relationship, it's here for us to understand how to successfully live the Christian life. The hallmark of Jesus' life is his total dependence upon the Holy Spirit for the power to do what it was he needed to do. The story of Satan's unsuccessful attempt to get Jesus to do things in his human power rather than through the power of the Holy Spirit and in God's timing is a poignant lesson for us on how not only to survive, but thrive as we're faced with temptations from without as well as within.
2: Now, Billy Graham says, it's a very, very theological term, and it's probably over most of your heads, but I'm pretty brilliant, so I'm going to give it to you anyway. (laughs) Billy Graham says, the reason we have to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit is because we leak. (laughs) That's really spiritual, isn't it? (laughs) Here's a glass, and there's a little crack in the glass, or it's a coffee cup from one of the coffee places, and it has a leak, and you sit it there, and pretty soon it's half full, isn't empty? Pastor Mark, what do you mean we leak? When I'm not under the control of the Holy Spirit, whose control am I under? Hmm, me. My wife will tell you that's not a good thing. Don't laugh at me. It's the same for you. So I have to keep on coming under the control. I have to keep on submitting. I'm going to teach you that next week. That's what it's going to look like because unlike Jesus, we don't remain full. And if the key to defeating the enemy is being filled with the spirit, then I'm in trouble if I'm under the control of Mark Balmer. Now, understand, Satan wanted Jesus to fail in these temptations by relying on his own strength, his own power and wisdom. That is not being filled with the spirit. I'm smart enough, I'm wise enough, I can do this myself, I've got plenty of experience, let me just do it. And we forget the first thing on our bracelet says pray first. No, you can't do that. Jesus defeated Satan by being filled with the Holy Spirit, not by being filled with himself. God designed our lives to be lived in the power of the Spirit, otherwise we will not overcome the temptations. Paul speaks about this, he says this. So I say, live by the Spirit, And you will not gratify the desires of our sinful nature. When you and I were born again, God came to live within us. Our spirit was renewed. But the problem is, I'm left with my old nature. So you'll see in a moment, there's this fight that goes on within me. I want to do the right thing, but I'm tempted to do my own thing. Very common in all of our lives. So as we go through this, you and I have to live in a state controlled by the Spirit allowing Him to minister to us allowing Him to control me and there's an amazing passage in the book of Romans where Paul says this once I'm controlled by the Spirit and Satan comes to me I have the power of God to say this no to Satan and his temptation just turn to your neighbor with your hand up come on with your hand like to say no 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 So when that donut comes, I just put my hand up and say, no to that temptation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, without the Spirit of God, what's the next picture look like? Back to it. So spiritually, it's the same thing. So we're going to see Jesus say, not no to a donut. Jesus is going to say this, no to the shortcut you're trying to get me to do. A shortcut is doing life without God, without God's timing, without God's will, without God's word, without the worship of God. Jesus is going to say, No, I will not do it. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Satan uses lots of things. Let me show you a key verse, three ways we're going to learn he tempts us this morning. For all that's in the world, Satan rules the world, the lust of the flesh, The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we're going to see three ways, there's more, but three ways Satan tempts us. He's going to tempt us through desires. Our desire to satisfy a physical appetite. There's going to be a desire to go outside the appetites that God give us, the desires that are good. Second, a desire for possessions. See, we kind of think if we get more, it brings satisfaction. But there's a point in life where we, certain, as we get older we go, you know what, I'm going to get less of this stuff because it it's just a pain. I don't want it. Less, less, last big one this morning. Our desire for prideful public recognition. So all of these temptations are going to follow through in these three strong human drives. Now, Look at verse 3, Luke 4, verse 3. And the devil said to him, if, the real language means since, since you are the Son of God. Look at me for a moment. Since you are the Son of God. Isn't it interesting that Satan knows Jesus is the Son of God, but most unbelievers don't believe it? Now, why is that? Because Satan's a great deceiver. He knows who he's talking to. He's talking to God. He knows that. So watch it as we read it correctly. The devil said to him, since you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Here's temptation number one. Write it down. It's the lust of the flesh. The desire to do something to do apart part. From God's will. It's our desire to satisfy a physical appetite. Now remember, what had Jesus been doing for 40 days? Fasting. Fasting. He'd also been praying for 40 days. He was interacting with God his Father for the 40 days. So here's two more weapons that Jesus has been using. Not only is he filled with the Holy Spirit, here's the second weapon. He's been praying to the Father. Prayer is a great weapon. Ephesians 6, 18 says, get yourself ready. Pray in all situations. That's why we have a bracelet that reminds us. Next, fasting. Remember, we fasted at the beginning of the year, and God really spoke to our hearts. He challenged Many, many people have come to Christ since and People have been healed. All kinds of amazing things happened to us. I can tell you from being with Dr. Mohan the other day, Two days actually I was with him. He's a praying man forever. It's amazing his power comes from that time of prayer and fasting. So Jesus has these two weapons, they're part of his life. So let me ask you a question. After 40 days of fasting and praying, answer me yes or no. Was Jesus hungry? (laughs) Okay, dumb question, Pastor Mark. Forty days. Actually, it's been four hours, and I can't wait to get out of here. (laughs) Well, of course he's hungry. Now What was Satan saying? Since you're God, what could be wrong with turning some of these stones into a little bread? You know, Jesus, God's forgotten you. It's 40 days. You need to eat something. Now, Satan wasn't asking Jesus to do something wrong morally. Let me ask you a question. If you hadn't eaten for 40 days, would any of those rocks be tempting? (laughs) Probably not too much to us because what am I going to do with a rock? Make stone wheat bread or something. Maybe. What am I going to do with the rock? But what could Jesus do with the rock? Well, he turned water into wine. wine. When the 5,000 were there and there was just a little bit of bread and fish, what would he do? He fed probably 20,000 people. No problem from him. If I'm there and I'm God, I'm saying God. By the way, if you go to Israel with us, there's rocks everywhere. So he's looking at, wow. If I'm Jesus, I'm saying, look. In the name of Jesus, sourdough San Francisco bread, baby. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, by the way, God, where's the butter? I need to put the butter on it, baby. I'm drooling right now. How about you? So it was a huge deal. You say, well, Pastor what did we learn from that? Here's what you want to write down. This is the key to the teaching this morning. Satan knows when and how to tempt us. If you just come from an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet, 10 minutes later, are you interested in going to another restaurant? Of course not. You're not hungry. But if you've been fasting for 40 days, are you hungry? Amen. So he knows when and how. He's very smart. He's done it for a long time. He knows how to do that in my life. So what was Satan doing? Satan was tempting Jesus. Understand this to use his miraculous power as God and not rely on God since he was really a man. He was tempting him to disobey God's will and God's timing. Jesus is aware of what he was trying to do. Satan is saying to Jesus, right now, take a shortcut. Your physical needs are more important than your spiritual needs. He was challenging him instantly at that point. Now, how is Jesus going to respond? Look at verse four. Look in your Bibles, verse four. And Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone. Here's the fourth weapon the Word of God. Jesus will respond to, These three temptations the same way. From the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Now remember, Israel was wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years, tempting. 40, temptation, testing. Jesus, 40 days, temptation. Let me read to you. Deuteronomy 8. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character, to find out whether or not you would really obey his commandments. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. You remember what happened that day? When they had no food, God, every six days a week, gave them what? Manna from heaven. What was his instructions? Go out every day and get it what? Fresh. If you're lazy you want to on day, Monday, you want to collect it for Monday, Tuesday. You don't have to go out and get it. What happened to the manna? It got rotten. It was unedible. What were they trying to do? Take a shortcut. You don't say, no, we need fresh bread every day. Only day you could do that? Day six. So you could celebrate the Sabbath. See, what Jesus knew is God is going to supply the bread when we need it. He had not said to Jesus, it's time to eat. Jesus is waiting. Satan says, no, 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 take a shortcut. Now, the last part of this verse says this. He did all this to teach you that people need more than bread for their life. Real life comes by feeding on every word of God. You see, our source of life, we're body, soul, and spirit. The real you this morning, physical, is going to die. Your source of life is God for the spiritual The real you. And that's what the bread of God does. It feeds us. That's why we teach the word of God. It's food. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word, every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, that's what Jesus is going to respond. Now, how did Jesus use the word? Many people say, well, I know the word. I know the Ten Commandments. The Lord is my shepherd. I know that one. Uh, love your neighbor as your neighbor. I love that one. Good, good. But there's way more than that. Here's what I want you to write. Watch this. We live successfully as we know, as we speak, and as we obey the word. Jesus is defeating temptation by knowing what God's word said about it. You can't know a scattered few verses and be effective because Satan's a deceiver. So we have to know the word. Notice what Jesus is doing also. He's not just knowing the word. He's what? He's speaking it. Now, Sometimes we just have to speak to Satan. Remember I just showed you how to do that. No. <laughs> That's a good one. Now if you're in a restaurant and you're being tempted, you don't stand up and say, I'm quoting the word to you, Satan. No, you're going to be carried out in a little white ambulance. <laughs> don't be stupid. But I can, my spirit, say to Satan, no, no, I'm not doing that. Here's what God's word says. I'm saying to you, I'll quote to you the word. I'll read it. Open the Bible and read it. But then you have to obey it. See, knowing the word and not obeying the word is useless. You'll be defeated every time. Lots of people get confused. Oh, I know the word. They're so prideful. They know the word, but they're never obeying it. There's no fruit in their life. Oh, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian a long time. Really? Any fruit in your life? I don't know what you're talking about. Be careful. Now, as you see all that, Jesus is going to do what? He's going to put his spiritual life first by obeying God. No matter how hungry he was, Jesus was going to fast until God said time to eat. He would obey God and not do something against God's will. Now, there was a battle that we see. You and I have the real battle because I still have a sin nature. Jesus didn't have that sin nature. Look what Galatians says. And when we get to these words that are highlighted, I want you to say it all over. Remember, when you got saved, your spirit got saved. But you're left with your old sinful nature. I fight that every day. The old sinful nature loves to do evil just against what God wants. Which is just, say the word with me, it's opposite uh, from what the Holy Spirit wants and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. These two forces ah, are constantly fighting each other. Where? Inside me. Constantly fighting each other. And your choices are never free from this conflict. That's the war. It's in us every single day, all day long. My old nature goes, mmm. And my new spirit in me goes, Mm-mm. Mm -mm -mm. and that battle is ongoing. If we could see it, we'd be like this all the time, like a battle right down to that. But it's spiritual. It's ongoing. It's ongoing in you right now, and me, all the way through life. Now, what is that nature against? It's against the will of God. It's rebelling against God. See, I'm either ruled by the flesh, and it's appetites, or by God's spirit. Now, God gave us Wonderful desires. Wonderful the desires that are good for us. How many are glad for the hunger desire that God gives you? The rest of you are lying through your teeth, you're already that donuts already got you. How many are glad that when you're hungry you can eat? Uh, you, you, You just want that desire. That hunger desire is fantastic. How about thirst? Thirst is a great desire. How about sex? That desire that God gave us. How many are happy for sex? four of us what four of you are happy for the sex drive God gave us I'm teaching another topic next week I'm going to teach on sex within marriage forget this what are you talking about you know if that's what you think none of us would be here hello how did you get here your mom and dad love sex let's say amen for that right now amen amen, amen. Lord help us in the church alright now let's move right past that one quickly but see all those desires that God gave us are good but Satan knows how to make them filled with lust hunger is good gluttony is sinful thirst is good drunkenness is a sin rest is good but laziness is a sin. God designed us to work. Sex is an amazing great desire within the boundaries of marriage. But outside between a man and a woman, it's sinful. Any other relationship between any two people other than a man and woman within marriage, it's sin. You see, the lust of the flesh says focus on what you're going to eat, drink, the sexual cravings, satisfy those physical diet, desires. Satan, he lies to us. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. Go ahead. Nobody will know. It's worth it. You know. You know you deserve it. Now, where are we seeing the good desires that God gave us being used wrongly? What time of year are we in right here? Spring break. So what are we seeing in our beaches around our world? We're seeing young people who don't know anything about God saying sex is good. They're right on. They have no clue that it's only good within marriage. What are they doing with drinking? Drunk, totally drunk. And Satan is saying, everybody's doing just a job. And we see it. Hardly any clothes on, all kinds of things happening. Why? They don't know God. Now, some of that's our fault. Because we haven't shared the love of God and how good it is to be a Christian. So Satan says, you want it? Nothing's going to happen. It's going to be fine. But what happens after spring break to many young people? Killed in car accidents because they're drunk. Go home to college with three years ahead, but now pregnant by somebody you don't even know. All of a sudden you're sick and you have HIV. See, Satan never tells us the opposite result of going against the will of God. Now, don't be prideful this morning and say, yeah, those kids. We have sinful desires in us, unforgiveness, Anger, bitterness that destroy us just as much as the rest of these. Gluttony is a big one. I won't even go anymore. So what does Jesus say? He knows this. What does the word say about Satan lying to us? Go ahead, it's okay. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's a great statement, but it's total lie. Because the minute you leave Vegas, you leave with your problems. Understand what Satan says? It's a lie. What does the Bible say? All sin is pleasurable, but only for a season. The Bible says sin has negative consequences. Our sins will be exposed. Choose to sin, you will suffer. We don't ever hear that, but the Bible tells us. So Jesus says to God, No way. No shortcuts. I'm focusing on God. I'll wait till God says to eat. That's the way it is. What do we learn from that? Write it down this morning. Here's what you learn. Focus on God's word and enjoy obeying God. See, obeying's hard, but it's good for us. Obeying is hard, but it's good for us. Obey the word. Do it right. Keep yourself till marriage. If you've already lost your virginity as a young person, that's fine. Ask God to forgive you and just
0: serve him. We've heard today about the dangers of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life, and how Jesus faced these internal temptations, as well as those from his adversary, Satan. Pastor Mark also reminded us of the importance of spending time worshiping God and focusing on God's Word, and not only obeying God, but enjoying being obedient to God. No grumbling.
3: You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County, and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website.
0: In the next lesson, Pastor Mark will continue to teach on overcoming temptation in our lives, using Jesus and his wilderness experience as the example to follow. We will be reminded of the danger of trying to use shortcuts to achieving holiness and encouraged to be patient and wait for God's timing for achieving the goals he set for us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your lessons for living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurry